Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is changing lives in a changing culture with the unchanging truth. Our prayer is that these weekly messages will inspire you to life change through the principles found in God's Word. Let's join in for this week's message. Well, good morning, LifeGate. How are we doing today? Hey, I just want to say thank you so much for praying for me today. I know you know that your pastor is really down after that crushing defeat yesterday of the Oklahoma Sooners. All the Longhorns in the in the house are giving me grief, and it was a great game. But I'll tell you, the only thing that makes me be able to stand up here with excitement today is I'm in the Lord's house with my LifeGate family. Come on. And we may have lost yesterday, but we are winning today. Come on, 20 baptisms, people, I mean, celebrating new life and the things that are happening. Incredible. At the end of this service, we get to dedicate some children to the Lord. We're dedicating 13 children today. I mean, it is cause for celebration, even though we did lose yesterday, but we're going to get you guys in the Big 12 championship. I'm just claiming it right now. Amen. Come on. Do I have any Sooner fans in the house that will help me? Come on. Like I got three of them over there. Thank you. Hey, we've been having a great time with this series that we've been doing called Beyond Success. So everybody say Beyond Success. You got to be careful because it sounds like Beyonce if you say it real fast. Beyond Success. And what we've been doing is we've been looking at one of my favorite, favorite parables in the whole Bible that Jesus tells this story called the parable of the talents or the parable of the three servants. It's found in Matthew chapter 25. In fact, if you want to turn there, you can go ahead and do that to get ready to follow along because we're going to be there in just a little bit. And in this parable, we are learning what does God say about success? What is his idea of what it means to be successful in this life. And what we have discovered is that God thinks some different things about success than we think. Many times, man, we think success is about position or popularity or power or how many possessions that I can get and all of those things that we think in our minds of what it looks like to be successful. But what we have discovered through this incredible parable in Matthew chapter 25 is that God's idea of success is different than our idea. And we've learned what that idea is, that God thinks success is this, living up to your what? Everybody say it, living up to your potential, that every single one of us have potential, that God has placed potential inside of our lives, that just like in the story, that in us, every one of us, we have gifts and we have talents, we have abilities, we have things that God has placed in us, and one day we're going to stand before God. And we're going to give an account for what we did with the life that God gave us to live. And on that day is not going to be about what did somebody else do with their life or with their gifts or with their talents. On that day is going to be about what did I do? What did I do with what God gave me? Did I live up to my potential? And I tell you, my heart as a pastor is to help you as well to live up to the potential God has placed in your life. So we've been learning about what does it mean to live up to our potential? What does it mean to be successful? successful in God's eyes. And we've studied through this parable. And what we've learned in this parable is that there really seems to be some keys to some success. There seems to be some principles that need to be applied to our life. If we're going to be people who are going to live up to our potential, we've discovered there there are six of these principles. And we've just kind of been going through them one at a time. We've already gone through the first three. We discovered, I mean, first of all, that if you're going to live up to your potential, you're going to have to work hard. So everybody look at your neighbor. Tell them you got to work hard. Come on, look at them. 
going to have to work hard. We talked about, hey, man, that, that many times the difference between success and failure is simply hard work. That, man, you got to roll up your sleeves and you got to get down to business. Then we talked the second week about if you're going to live up to your potential, here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to take responsibility. So everybody look at your other neighbors. Tell them, take responsibility. you got to take responsibility. In fact, this is what we see in the parable, that God holds the, the, the servants in the story, the master holds them responsible for what they did, and that here's the deal. I'm responsible for me, you're responsible for you, and nobody else is going to do it for you. Man, you got to step up and take responsibility. Then last week we talked about such an important principle that if you're going to live up to your potential, that if you're going to be successful in God's eyes, here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to make good choices. So everybody just choose one of your neighbors and just say, hey, you got to make good choices. Make good choices. Now you know which one was your first choice and which one was the second choice. And here's what we discovered. We discovered that, that here's the thing is that you will make your choices, but your choices will also make you. How many know that's true? That when it comes down to life, that all of your life is really going to add up to the choices that you made. And so that was so important. And we talked last week about choices that every successful person makes in their lives. If you weren't here last week, I'd say, hey, get the podcast because that was a really good one that will help you. Today, we're going to look at this fourth principle that we find in this parable of the talents. And really, we're going to see why it's called the parable of the talents by this principle today, that if you're going to live up to your potential. Here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to grow your talent. So everybody say, grow your talents. You're going to have to develop. You're going to have to grow. You can't stay where you're at. And this is what we're going to see actually in this parable in Matthew chapter 25. And I want us to read it together today. Today we're going to read it from the English Standard Version. I want you to see what it says in verse number 14. It says, for it will be like a man going on a journey who calls his servant and entrusted them his property. To one he gave what? Everybody say it. To one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one, each according to his ability. Now, I want you to notice that word talent. In fact, I use the English Standard Version there because it uses that word talent. And let's just do a little history lesson here for just a second. This word talent that we have in our modern English language actually comes from this story. Like back in those days, a talent was just, it was a sum of money. It was a, it was a amount, an amount of money. But Jesus meant a whole lot more about it than just money when he was telling this story. He was actually not just talking about the money that we have, although we ought to use that for God as well, but he was talking about the things he placed inside of us, the talent, the word we know in the English language as the word talent. This is what Jesus was talking about, that here's the deal, everybody. Everybody has talents. Everybody's sitting in this room, and you have things that God has placed in your life. Now, some people have more talent than others, and that's obvious, right? But here's the deal. In this story, one guy had five, and one guy had two, and one guy had one, but everybody had something. And all of us have something that God has placed inside of us. All of us have gifts and natural abilities. I mean, if you're a human being born on this earth, you have some natural giftings and talents, things that you're just 
naturally good at. In fact, how many would raise your hand and you say, I got some things that I just naturally, they just kind of come natural. I just do them pretty well, just pretty natural. Like some of you maybe like naturally you're, you're good at writing and so you write well and, and maybe you're good at English and, and things like that. Or maybe some of you are like good at, at, at working with computers or maybe some of you are good at, you know, gifted just naturally in music or sports or some of you are just naturally, you know, you're gifted at working with your hands and building stuff, fixing stuff. I'm not like that at all, okay? Like in my house when something breaks, my wife is like, don't touch it. You're going to make it worse and we're still going to have to call out the repairman. Just call him to start with. You know what I'm saying? Anybody like that, right? And we all have those things that we're naturally good at, things that we're not naturally so good at. But here's the deal. Also, as believers... We also have things that God has placed in us. If you're a Christian today, not only do you have natural talents, guess what else you have? You have spiritual gifts. That if you are a believer here today, that when you became a Christian, guess what happened? God placed in you not just natural talents when you were born, but supernatural things inside of you, spiritual gifts that he placed in you to be able to use for his kingdom. In fact, the Bible talks about these spiritual gifts in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10. It says that God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts that we would use them to serve one another well. Another scripture in 1 Corinthians 12 and 7, Paul says it like this, that a spiritual gift is given to each of us as a means of helping out the entire church, that the Bible says it right there twice. Each of you, if you're a believer, you have spiritual gifts that God has placed inside of you to use for him. And here's what he expects. In fact, this is the bottom line of this whole sermon here today is this, is that God expects you to develop your gifts. If he put a gift in your life, and he did, you have natural talents, you have supernatural abilities if you are a Christian, and God placed them in your life, and here's the deal. He expects you to grow them. He expects you to use them. He expects you to develop them to be all that he intended for you to be, to grow into your full potential. This is what we see happen in the story, that the man who had five and the man who had two, they took the five and they took the two, and they didn't just sit on them. They grew those gifts. They grew those talents. And when they returned to the master to give report, what did the master say? The master said, well done, good and faithful servant. Now, I want you to notice something. Most of the time, we focus on the faithful part. And how many know it's important to be faithful? In fact, throughout this series, we talked a lot about being faithful, being consistent. But notice this. He doesn't just say, well done, faithful servant. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. Guess what? Being faithful is important, but so is being good at what you do. That God put a talent inside of you, and he, he expects you to develop it to a place where it grows, and it grows, and it grows, that you would be faithful, but you would also be good with whatever it is that he called you to do. So I want to talk about it for just a little bit. How do we grow in our talents? How do we grow in our gifts? How do we grow into maturity in whatever area of life that God would want us to grow? And I want to just just start by talking about three reasons that I think that we don't grow. I think many times we don't grow because we have a wrong idea of what growth really looks like. In fact, if you're taking notes, write these three things down. I think a lot of times people don't grow simply, first of all, because they think growth's going to come automatically. 
In fact, I think we, we come by this kind of naturally because when you're a baby, when you're a kid, you do grow automatically, right? Like, I mean, your body, it just automatically just kind of kind of begins to grow. And then, and then even things, skills that you have to learn, like how to walk, how to talk, those things kind of come naturally because you have people constantly around you teaching you. And maybe you have a parent, you have parents around you helping you or siblings and people that are constantly. And so you don't even have to think about it. Like, it just happens naturally, kind of automatically. But how many know when you become an adult, Growth doesn't happen automatically anymore. Like, if you're going to grow in any area of your life, it ain't going to just happen. Like, you're going to have to be intentional about it. You're going to have to work at it. Like, when you're an adult, if you want, if you want your body to grow, you have to work at it. Now, some of you are going, wait a second. My body's growing, and I ain't working at it at all. But that's not the kind of growth I'm talking about. Like, if you want to be in shape, guess what? That ain't just going to naturally happen. You're going to have to work at it. Like if you want to grow mentally and you want to you you grow in your mind and the way you think, guess what? It ain't going to just, you're not just going to naturally grow in that. You're going to have to be intentional. You're going to have to work at it. If you want to grow in your relationships, if you want to grow your talents, or, or if you want to grow your abilities at work, if you want to grow even in your relationship with God, in any area of your life, growth is not going to come naturally or automatically. It's only going to come when we get intentional about it. We see this in this parable that the men didn't just take the five talents and the two talents and then just sit there and expect for them to grow. The Bible says it right there in the passage that they took the talent and immediately they put it to work. See, sometimes we don't grow because we think, well, it's just going to happen automatically, and that's not the way it works. Number two, write this down. Sometimes we don't grow because we think that growth is going to happen instantly. <laughs> in fact, we're a real instant kind of a generation. Think about it. Like, like we, we like microwaves. Come on, right? I don't want it. Nobody wants to heat up and wait for the oven to preheat and, you know, take 30 minutes to fix my food or whatever. What I want to do is I want to pull it right out of the package, pop it in the microwave, put it in there for 45 seconds, pull it out, and instantly have a gourmet meal. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? Now, I know some of you don't know what I'm talking about because you've had microwaves your whole life. Like, you're so, like, you've never been without a microwave. And so you might understand this illustration a little bit more. We're more like an on-demand kind of a society. Like, we want, we want our movies on demand. Nobody wants to go to Blockbuster. How many remember Blockbuster? <laughs> go to Blockbuster. Spend two hours on a Friday night trying to pick out the movie and hoping that they have the one you wanted and somebody else didn't already take it, right? No, what we want to do we want to sit on the couch with our remote and spend two hours flipping through Netflix and then not really watch anything because we couldn't pick one, right? We want things to be on demand, right? And here's the thing. This kind of stuff carries over even into, even into the church and even to Christians. You know, we think, we think, oh, man, if I can just get to church... And then all of a sudden, instantly God's going to suddenly zap me and everything's going to change and I'm suddenly going to be mature in all that God wants me to have. If I can just get in that church service, if I can just, if I can just pray the right prayer, if I can just get the right person to pray for me, then suddenly God's going to instantly grow me. And guess what? God could do that. How many believe God could do that? But that's not the way it normally happens. You know what it normally is? It's a process. 
that God takes us through, that we get intentional about doing the things that would bring about the growth that God wants to bring in our lives. And we continue through the process of growth. It doesn't happen in a day or in an instant. It happens in daily habits and choices that lead to the growth that God wants to bring. We see this in the parable that the men didn't just suddenly go from five talents to 10 talents. No, in fact, it took a long time. Right there in the passage, you can read right there where it says that it was after a long time that the master came back to settle accounts. Sometimes we think, yeah, you know, if I'm going to grow, it's going to happen instantly. It's going to happen automatically. Number three, write this one down. Sometimes we don't grow because we think growth comes from experience. Here's what we think. Well, if I get enough experience, like I know, you know, it's not going to happen instantly, and I know it's not going to happen automatically, but if I can just hang around long enough, you know, then, then I'll grow. But here's the thing, like, it doesn't work that way either because experience doesn't automatically equal growth. I mean, I like what, I like what uh, Mark Batterson said one time. He says, many people who have 20 years on the job actually don't have 20 years experience. They have one year experience repeated 20 times. How many ever known somebody like that? And how many people are like that in their lives? How many parents are like that? Like, I don't have 15 years worth of experience as a parent. I got one year that I just keep repeating over and over because I didn't learn anything from the experience. I got one year on the job that I've repeated over and over. How many Christians are like this? Never really, I mean, been in church all their life, but never really grown into a mature follower of Jesus because they never did what it would take to evaluate the experience and to get the things that are needed to put in the habits and the systems and the things in our lives that help us to grow. And just showing up ain't enough. Just having experience isn't enough. In fact, I like what John Maxwell says about it. He says, it's not experience that leads to growth. It's examined experience. It's not just how long I've been here. It's what have I learned in the time that I've been here and how have I applied it to my life. And here's what I want to do today. Like some of you, honestly, you've been stuck at the same place for a long time. Some of you have have not grown in a long time in your talents, in your abilities, in your relationships, in your relationship with God, in different areas of your life, and you're stuck. And here's the deal is that I don't want you to be stuck. I want you to grow to your full potential that God has for you. So how do I grow? How do I develop my talent? I want to give you four things, and in this next 13 minutes, I'm going to give you four, and we're going to get real practical about how do you develop in your gifts? How do you grow in your talent? If you're taking notes, write these four things down. The first thing you got to do is you got to get evaluated. So here's what you got to do. Guess what? Before you can grow, you got to know. You got to know before you grow. So everybody say, know before you grow. Before you can grow, guess what you have to know? You have to know where you're at right now. And here's the thing. Most people really have no idea what they're good at and what they're not good at. In fact, if you don't believe me, just go and watch American Idol. You'll see what I'm talking about. Those people in those early auditions, and you're like, where are these people's friends? I mean, somebody should have told them. They're not, they're not very good at what they're and, and here's the deal. Hopefully, you hadn't gone on national television to show everybody that you don't know what you're not good at. But here's the deal. Most of us don't know what we're good at and what we're not good at. 
If I were to ask you, hey, write down the top five things that you think are your, your five greatest gifts or talents, most of us would have a hard time figuring out what they are. And here's the deal. How can you grow in an area like if you don't even know what it is? And, and how can you grow a talent that you don't know you have? So here's what you got to do. You got to get an evaluation. You got to look at your life and go, what areas has God gifted me in? And how do you do that? Well, let me just help you real fast. Four things, write them down. Letter A, you just ask yourself, what do I think I'm good at? Like, I would encourage you, go home today, get out a piece of paper and a pen, or get your iPhone and get your notes app out, and and just put down, what are the four, five, six things that I think that I really excel in? Things that I think are the talents of my life. Write those down. Now, here's the deal. That's only the first step, because many times we don't really know, but you start right there. Second thing is this letter B. After I've written that list, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask others, what do others think I'm good at? I'm going to ask my boss. I'm going to ask my friends. I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask my coworkers. I'm going to ask my family. Not my mom, though, because my mom thinks I'm good at everything, right? You know what I'm saying? But I'm going to ask people in my life, what do you think that I'm good at? And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to match up the list, and I'm going, to, I'm going to look at what did I write and what did they write. And if something is not on both lists, okay, maybe that's a sign that you're not really good at that, okay? Then this is what I'm going to do. I'm going I'm to write down a list and say, what are the things that, that I seem to get the best results? Like, when I do this, it seems to be effective. Like, like when, I, when I speak, man, people are motivated and things get done. So I'm going to write that down. Or when I, when I sing, man, people seem to be inspired and moved and the presence of God shows up. Or when I, when I organize, man, things get accomplished and things run smoothly and maybe that's a gift that I have. Or when I decorate, man, the room looks different and the atmosphere is different because I decorated the room. Or when I write, people love to read what I've written and they get inspired by that. Or when I smile, it brightens up. Up the room or whatever it is, you write it down. What are the things that when I do it, it seems to make a difference? And you just go through this process. What do I think I'm good at? What do other people think I'm good at? What, what seems to be effective? And then if that doesn't work, here's what you do. You, just, you take a test. Everybody say, take a test. In fact, we want to help you with this. This is why we have life track class that goes on every single week during the 1150 service. Today happens to be step one where you can have an opportunity to learn more about our church and decide if you want to become a member of the church. But then in step two, we put you through a spiritual gifts assessment and a personality test to help you figure out what are the talents that God has placed in your life so that you can, number two, write this down, get in place. Everybody say, get in place. So I'm going to get evaluated, but then here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get in place. Like once I figured out what areas that I'm good at, then I'm just going to, I'm going to find a place to serve and find a place to use those talents for the Lord. This is the way the body of Christ works, guys. That God gave you different talents than me and me different talents than you and somebody else different talents than others. And here's what happens. The body of Christ works best when all of us find what our talents are and then we find a place to plug in and use those talents inside the body of Christ. If I can sing really well, and if everybody says I can sing well, not just me and my mom saying I can sing well, here's what I'll do. I'll get on the worship team. 
Like if I'm good at working with computers, oh, maybe I need to get back there in the media booth and, and, and serve there. If I'm really good at making people feel welcome and making a warm environment, then, man, I'm going to get on the, on, the, on the team that's back there doing hospitality or I'm going to be a greeter or I'm going to find a place. Whatever things that God has placed in my life, I'm going to get in place to use those talents for the body of Christ. And I'm going to find the ones that, I'm going to find the places to serve that fit within the talents that I have. This is what happens in the, in the story. It says the master gave one guy five talents, one guy two talents, one guy one talent. And then there's a little line in there that's so important. Each according to his own ability. Many people are frustrated in their work, frustrated in their ministry, where they're serving in the church. And the problem comes down to this. Am I serving in a place that fits what God has created me to do? I'm going to get evaluated. I'm going to find out what am I good at. I'm going to get in place and I'm going to begin using those gifts. And if I try one place and it's not a fit, I don't give up. I I try another place until I find where I fit. Number three, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get better. So everybody look at your neighbor and tell them, you got to get better. Here's the deal, guys is that some people go like this. Okay, well, I found out what I'm good at. I found a place to do what I'm good at, and so I'm good. I'm done. No, you're not. Because guess what? You're never done. It don't matter how good you are at something, you can always get better. In fact, this is what God's going to hold us accountable for, not just that we had a gift that he gave us, but did we develop that gift? Did we get all that we could out of that gift? Did we not just be satisfied with where we were, but did we get better in those gifts continually in our lives? It don't matter how good you are. You can always get better. In fact, I like this story that I heard one time about a guy named Pablo Casal. He was actually, he was actually a world-famous cello player. At one point, was actually considered the best cello player in, in the entire world, number one ranked. And yet this guy still practiced his cello for hours every single day. And one time a reporter asked him, he said, you're the best cello player in the entire world. Why do you still practice for hours a day? And this is what he said, because I believe I'm still getting better. Guess what? We can all get better. We can all grow. We can all continue to grow in our lives. How do you do that? Well, let me just help you. First of all, letter A, make a plan. Everybody say a plan. Make a growth plan. How many of you, let's, let's ask you here today a survey. How many of you have a written down plan for growth, a written down growth plan? Write them down. I got one, two, three, four, five. Out of this whole room, there's like six people have a written down plan. How can we ever grow if we never know what we're trying, where we're trying to grow? And here's what I would challenge you to do. Maybe you go home and say, I'm going to write down what areas do I need to grow? Maybe I need to grow as a dad. Okay, then what books do I need to read? Or what, who do I need to get in my life to help me grow in that area? Maybe I need to grow in, my, in the things that I'm doing at work. Okay, what conferences do I need to, to go to? Maybe I want to grow as a, as a follower of Jesus. All right, what, what's going to be my Bible reading plan or my prayer plan? How am I going to write this down of how I'm going to grow? Man, this is something that I do almost every year. First of this year, I just sat down and wrote down, here are three areas that I want to grow in my life this year. And I just wrote down, here are the books that I want to read. These are the, this is how many books that I want to read, and these are the ones I want to read, and the conferences that I want to go to, and the people that I need to get in my life, and I don't get it just right all the time, but I tell you, because I wrote it down, I got a whole lot further than if I didn't. Make a plan. Number two, or letter B, whatever it is. 
not just make a plan. Here's what you're going to have to do. You make a habit. It don't do any good if I write it down, but then I don't do it. And it don't do any good if I write it down, but then I don't do it consistently. How many know you got to have consistent habits that are going to bring growth in your life? It's not just by inspiration, oh, I'm going to write it down. It's not just by preparation, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this list together. No, it's by perspiration. Come on. It's by blood, sweat, and tears that you're going to, you make a habit and you do it daily. And at the end of the year, you look back and go, man, look how far I came. Letter C, write this down. I'm not just going to make a plan. I'm not just going to make a habit. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make application for the growth. It don't, it don't matter if I learned it, if I don't know how to do it, if I don't live it. It's not just what I'm learning. It's what I'm, it's what I'm living. In fact, James talked about this in James chapter 1 and verse 22. He says, don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Now, I'm going to evaluate. Where am I at? I'm going to get evaluated. I'm going to get, I'm going to, uh, get uh, in place. I'm going to get help. Number, number four, write this one down. I'm going to get better. Number four, write this one down. I'm going to get help. Guess this. Guess what, guys? You'll never grow to your full potential by yourself. Every single time, you know what will happen? You'll reach a lid. I can't tell you how many times this has happened in my own life where I got to a place where I couldn't grow anymore all by myself. And you know what I had to do? I had to invite people into my life to help me to grow to the next level. I think about as I've been leading this church for the past 12 years, I can think of half a dozen times when I had to do I remember when we were at two services and they were full and we were going to three services and I didn't know how to do it. There's a whole lot of different things about doing three services than two. You wouldn't think there are, but there are. And I didn't know how to do it and what we would do. And you know what I did? I invited someone to come in and help us. I paid a consultant to come in and help us figure out how to do three services. And we went to three services and the church grew, but I couldn't have done it by myself. Just a couple years ago when we decided, man, we're doing three services now and we're running out of space. We need to need to build a new building. You know what I had to do? I don't, I'm not a builder. I'm not an architect. I'm not a designer. I don't know how to do that. So you know what we did? We hired an architect and we brought in a team to help us to figure that out. Then when it came time to how are we going to raise money to pay for this, I didn't know how to do that either. So you know what I did? I brought someone in to come and help and figure out how do we raise the money? How do we do this? And on and on. Every single time I've reached a lid in my life, what I've had to do is I've had to bring other people along to help push me up to that next level. And here's the deal. You're never going to go to your full potential on your own. In fact, the scripture says it like this in Hebrews, that we should spur one another on towards love and good deeds. This is why we challenge you. Every person in the church ought to be in a life group because you can't grow by yourself. You can't grow to your potential by yourself. So you need to get people around you to push you and to pull you and to help you to grow to that next level that God has for you. Because here's the deal. One day, you'll stand before God. And on that day, there won't be any excuses. It will be, did you grow or didn't you? What did you do with the talent that I placed in your life? And it won't be enough even just to be faithful. On that day, if you want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant, you got to be faithful. But you also got to be good at what God has placed in your life to do. Some of you are here today, and man, you've been stuck where you're at for too long, and it's time. 
It's time to begin to put some things in place. It's time to begin to, hey, look at my life. Where, where do I need to grow? What areas do, does God want to lead me to another level? How can I, how can I get these habits in my life? Where, where can I get in place to begin growing to that place? Who can I invite to come alongside of me to help me get to that next level? That's my heart for you. That's my heart for this series. That every one of you would be able to one day stand before God and have gotten everything you could get out of the life that he gave you to live. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me all over this room today? Lord, I thank you, Lord. God, that you have placed talents, gifts, abilities inside of us. God, and one day we're going to give that account. And God, I pray for every person in this room that on that day, they would be able to stand there and hear you say those incredible words, well done, good and faithful servant. And God, I pray that there, if there's one that may be here today that's not where they need to be in relationship with you, God, I pray that today would be the day, God, that they invite you into their lives, surrendered it completely to you. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed all over this room, some of you are here today. The truth is, you know, we can all grow. We can all get better at whatever it is that we do. The simple fact is we can never be good enough to truly measure up to perfection. You know what the Bible says about it? In Romans chapter 3, 23, it says, All have sinned, fall short of the glory of God. That no matter how good we are, we can never be good enough to measure up to God's glory. His standard is a standard of perfection. And because of that, there's a penalty for that. The Bible says in Romans 6, 23, that the payment, the penalty, the wages of sin is death. We deserve to die. Oh, sometimes we think, oh, if I, I'll just be a good enough person. Yeah, I'll take this stuff you said, Pastor. Man, I'll work on it every single day, and I'll be good enough that somehow I will, I will be a good enough person to somehow win God's approval. But guess what? On your own, you're a sinner, and you've fallen short. But there's good news. There is one who is and was perfect in every single way. And God, the Bible says in John 3, 16, loved us so much that he sent Jesus, his son, the perfect and holy one to this earth so that he could die in our place. That no matter how good of a person we were, we could never pay for our own sin. And yet Jesus was perfect. He died and rose to pay that penalty for us. All we got to do, place our faith in him. One day, one day we can stand before him knowing that our sins are covered.